welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome Podcast, episode number 31. Today on the show, we have got confidence and leadership coach, Michelle Quay. Michelle is an incredible woman who triumphed over tragedy after a car accident at a young age left her with a permanent disability. She now teaches people how to bounce back from hardship and find purpose in every challenge. She is a true inspiration and light in this world. And I am so honored and delighted to have her here with us, sharing her wisdom, love, and insights. Michelle, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. And um, I'm gonna say we jump right in. Give us a little of your background. You are now a visibility coach. I just love that. But how did you get here? Oh my gosh, it's a lifelong journey. Where do I even begin? And I think this is something that a lot of, um, you know, women coaches and just people in general struggle. How do I describe my life in just 30 minutes or 15 minutes or three minutes, you know? So to shorten it, I was born in Taiwan. I am an immigrant to America. I didn't come to this country until when I was 15. So prior to to 15, I was living in uh, Taiwan. And when I was 11, basically my journey began. And this is something that I describe. There's a story that I often share about how there's a there's a uh, there's a temple of Golden Buddha in Thailand, and with the story of the temple of uh, temple of the Golden Buddha, it began where a monk was sitting on a stone Buddha, and one day this monk discovered that what he sat on is actually it's not a stone Buddha, but rather a golden Buddha. And from that moment on, it's a journey of discovering more gold. So my journey began when I was 11 after a car accident that causes a permanent damage on my leg. And ever since then, my life journey has been trying to uncover that gold that was sitting right inside of me the whole entire time. So there's a lot of, um, you know, growing up, there's a lot of challenges. I had to learn how to walk, how to stand, and even how to use the apparatus that they were giving me um, when I left the hospital. Having to bring those apparatus to come with me um, in America and going into high school, oh my gosh, that's another story just in itself where I was doing a lot of self-criticism and body shaming, all you name it, I've gone through it. And, and that pretty much speak about majority of my life. Yeah, I hope that answered my your question. Of, hey, where do you begin? <laughs> you know, it does. And let me say, Michelle, I just honor you and respect you and admire you because already what you've shared is so powerful. Like, so here's what I'm getting from you that, you know, at 11 years old, you have this life changing thing, but even at that moment, you're looking for the gold in that you're saying, okay, there's more to this. Why did this happen to me? Yes. And, and a lot of it, you know, initially it's funny because when we first see that crack on the stone Buddha, when we first see that crack in our life, 
it, it usually it's not something that's very positive. It's more like, oh my gosh, you know, this is broken. I am broken. And mm -hmm. so immediately we go into self-criticism and thinking that, you know, things happen to us rather than happen for us. And mm -hmm. I think uh, the Canadian uh, com com comedian, uh, uh, Jim Carrey actually talked about this in one of the, uh, his uh, speech at a school. He talked about how there's a lot of things that happen to us. It, it doesn't happen to us, but it happened for us. Mm -hmm. So there, there's actually that grand, grand scheme of design that somehow out in the universe, it was just already prepared. But in your job, you and I, our job is to go on to that journey and just trusting that, you know, things will work out the way it should, it needs to be. Mm. Mm. I, I just, oh, I love this, Michelle. I really do. Cause it, yeah, you know, I'm on the same page with you. Like I, I, and I just admire people like you who can use a hardship as a lesson and as a means to kind of catapult yourself to this higher place. And I just admire you so much for that. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much. It, it wasn't easy. A lot of people think that, oh, you know, she's so positive. She must be always be positive. And, and it's a lot of work and I'm not going to deny that. And, and it doesn't happen just overnight. It didn't happen. Just wake up in the morning and you feel okay, you know, I got this and I can do a lot of different things. It, it took place slow, slowly. And with each person that I interact with, with all the life experiences that, that comes afterwards, you know, going into relationship, finding a new job, um, you know, just to give you a visual, I'm only four feet, four inches tall, and I still walk with crutches. So looking at this way, going to a job interview or going on to a dating, dating website, or actually go into a date on a date, that was something completely out of my control. I would never know how the other person would respond. And so for me, it's a lot of preparation. I'm trying to be someone else in order to please them, in order to be liked, in order to be loved. And so I was doing a lot of things, you know, crazy stuff that just doesn't serve me very well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just the courage because a lot of people in that situation wouldn't even have the courage. And I think that's where the power is, is that courage to say, okay, I don't know how this person's going to react or are they going to judge me or this and that, but I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you know what it reminds me of is the, the, the Disney cartoon, uh, Little Mermaid. You know how Little Mermaid was, uh, it, you know, deep in the blue sea, she has beautiful voice and suddenly she saw this prince, you know, on this uh, standing and on the seashore and she wants to be loved. She wants love. And what does she give away? She gave away her voice. And to me, that that was like a really to the moral of the story where when we are trying to please someone else we're actually giving away our, our greatest power, our, our most valuable gifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Michelle. So, you know, at 11 years old, you have this and you kind of, you're on a different level because you have this kind of deeper understanding, but then of course, right. Like you say, you, 
you're come to the States or you're here. And then these challenges and fear of judgment and things from people going through school. But was there, it seems like there was a part of you, even despite that, right? You had something extra. You have this deeper understanding that kind of helped you get through that. Is that true? Or help us understand that. I feel every single one of us have the ability to overcome a challenge, overcome an obstacle. It's that inner strength that we all have and all available to us. But a lot of time we allow the external uh, distraction to, to blur our vision of what is really seated deep inside of us. You know, you and I are flower. And I think this is so true. And I love your podcast name, Blossom, right? You and I are flower seeds. And long Long ago, this beautiful seed was planted inside of us. And we, our job is to make it blossom. But a lot of time, you know, we allow these obstacles and challenges to blur our vision and step into the way of what, what really, really what we are here to do. So I, I do believe, you know, there's that saying of, do you believe people are basically good or do you believe people are basically, you know, evil? And I truly believe that people are basically good because you and I have sitting right here, we already have that strength to persevere, to stand tall and thinking big and, and doing more. That's already there. But what's causing us, distracting us, are all these limitations. And depending on the, the culture that we brought up with, the, the societal status that we believe that we need to accomplish, or all these boundaries that we set up for ourselves, those are the things that's stopping us from seeing what truly is beautiful within. Same thing like the Temple of the Golden Buddha. The Golden Buddha has always been golden. So you are golden. There's undeniably, you are strong. Same thing. You are here to meant to blossom. You are here to meant to shine. But when there's things that's happening around us, we start to protect ourselves by creating this concrete that surrounds us, that covers us, that disguises to become this stone Buddha. And the point is that are you happy to remain as a stone Buddha or do you rather shatter everything and risking saying yes to what you fear the most and start really uncovering that gold. And the choice is really up to you, right? So you can continue to hide and not do anything and not to have the courage to face your uh, worst fear, or you can actually be curious and say, you know what? I do believe that courage is inside of us. I do believe that courage is already there available. I don't have to take the whole stair step. I just need to make a step. That's all I need to do to see it. Mm, that is beautiful. That is really beautiful, Michelle. Now, you know, talk to us about trauma. I know this is one of the things you work with people on getting over trauma and self-judgment and all of that. So now what, you know, cause we all have that victim, something happens, life is hard, right? We've all been through just so much, but some of us more than others really can be victims or find a way to feel really sorry for ourselves in a way where it just makes us stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we, what is a powerful way? What is your advice for getting over 
trauma and hardship? There, there's two things, actually, I believe that, you know, someone who's going through trauma and someone who is recovering from a traumatic life experience. Um, number one is to have self-compassion. And I think a lot of people have talked about this self-compassion. How do you how do you love yourself? How do you that self-love and, and making sure that yourself is protected? You are safe. So having that sense of security, something that you feel that you're not completely exposed to being being vulnerable. And you know, sometimes vulnerability will create a lot of negativity for people who have gone through the trauma. Um, so I think number one is really self-compassion. And number two, the, the really key um, ingredient to actually get someone out of their victim mind is to surrender. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> surrender. I think it's the biggest, mm -hmm. biggest and hardest lessons to learn for someone who's going through trauma or, or trying to heal from or recover from a traumatic experience. Um, surrender doesn't mean that you just give up. It, it, it just means that you're not fighting it anymore. You're not fighting that feeling of you need to be strong. I have seen um, people who had uh, really severe childhood trauma where they were sexually abused and, you know, growing up, they thought that they had recovered from it. But in reality, they still carry a piece of it. And they're still fighting that that experience. And it's something that's still holding them back. And when you surrender, you're basically saying you're accepting that this is part of me. This is part of my life experience. And we're all just human humans, um, human body here with a life experience. And so you, when you start to accept that this is just part of the life experience, it, it immediately you feel lightweighted. It doesn't mean that you just drop the whole weight, but you feel, okay, you know, there's actually a little tiny bit of strength that I can, I can move forward. That's okay. And, and just by taking baby step, when you surrender, when you do the acceptance, you open up the door to possibility. Hmm. Oh, that is beautiful. That is so powerful. Now, you know, so are you saying like in the surrender, because I think there's like, we're fighting these hard feelings, but then we're also in denial, right? There's both of those things are going on. Yes. Yes. And, and a lot of times it, it, it makes sense, right? Because someone who's a victim, someone who has been victimized um, or in that victim space, the next thing that they would do is typically, you know, in that anger, in that anger mode, uh, whether it's towards someone else or towards the event that had happened or towards themselves. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't be there. I was there at the wrong time, wrong, wrong place. And, or maybe, you know, in my case, I kept thinking I was in the wrong body, you know, had I had I reincarnate or coming out from um, another when I when I first landed in this earth place uh, from my from my spaceship, maybe I could have chose a different body, then I wouldn't feel so stuck. So there's that anger, whether it's towards someone else, some events or towards yourself. It's that resistance of fighting and wanting to fight. And sometimes that fighting mode is what get us out of the bed, going through the routine, but eventually that fight and flight mode, it just doesn't work anymore. So you go on to the next step, which is 
you start to putting up with things, you start tolerating things, you start, you know, accepting for the things, well, I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to play my part and call it a day and just move on. And slowly you move into a uh, different level. So there's total of seven different level or perception of how we can look at a traumatic experience. So we talked about the, the victim mind. Uh, we also talked about the fight and flight where you start, you know, fighting back or, you know, you start getting angry about the event. And the next level would be something about tolerance. You know, you start putting up with things because there's no, no other ways to change it. So just suck it up and deal with it. So that's the next level. Now, the following level is the number four level, which is love and compassion. There's a couple of ways that you can take yourself out of this victim mind um, doing community service, connecting with people who have also had a traumatic experience, someone who has some hardship in their life. And as you're connecting with that individual, you start to um, practice your empathy. You understand that, oh, that person had gone through similar experiences I did. And so it starts taking your mind off to, you know, how, how terrible things have happened to you and going into that service mind, what we can do to help each other. How can I support each other? Because we have similar experience. So, so a lot of time you'll see people going to the support group, which is great because then you're connecting with someone else who have similar experience. Then you can go on to the next level, which is opportunity. Opportunity is where you start seeing the fact that this life experience can actually turn into something more beautiful, something more uh, positive. Maybe you decided you become a coach, which is a lot of a lot of the coaches I work with, they themselves have a lot of that traumatic experience or they have gone through their own share of tests and, and obstacle and challenges. And now they are here because they see it as an opportunity of how they can bring their life experience and share it with more people. So that's an opportunity in itself and they become entrepreneur. So going from a victim to an entrepreneur, that is a big step, but it's happening. It is happen and it will happen as long as you open up yourself to see the possibility. There's two other um Two other perspective of how someone can go from a victim thinking to something that's even higher level of thinking. Um, so this number six is actually co-creation. So we're here because we're co-creating a podcast. We're co-creating a, uh, a, a community. So I can start creating a community of people who are healing with trauma. And that would bring more people to come in and we're going to create a community that we're we invite everyone who share the same life experience. So they find support, they find accountability, they find ways to help each other and serve each other and understanding each other and relate each other. The ultimate number seven uh, way of thinking a traumatic life experience is um, this level called wisdom. So earlier we had talked about, you know, the, um, the, the statue, the golden Buddha. The idea behind the, the, the moral behind the golden Buddha is that things happen just the way it is. And it is the external view of how we perceive things changes the way that we behave in this world. So a tree is just simply a tree. 
a car is just simply a car that's passing by. There's season to the changes. So level seven, the seven way of, of seeing the things is that you take things as it is. No, no judgment, no labels. You're accepting things as it is. There's no external attachment, which is a, a lot of times it's very difficult for someone to, to, to do. And so many people, we don't go into the level of, you know, this is what it is. And, and we actually feel uh, that enormous joy and abundance to it. Does that mean that nobody go into that level? No, because you and I, when we feel the joy, when we feel the love, that unconditional love, maybe it's from our fur babies. You know, I have a cat and I love my cat. That unconditional loving feeling, that is the, the uh, perfect uh, symbol for the level seven, that unconditional love. No matter what happened to you, you're unconditionally loving to yourself. So those are the seven ways of seeing a, seeing a traumatic and, and difficult life experience. Wow. That was so powerful, Michelle. Now I'm really, uh, it's just amazing. And here's, I'll just say what I love about your philosophy is, you know, there's that philosophy of therapy and accepting the hardship and getting over it and learning to heal and recover from that. But we're taking it to a next level here, or you are in this philosophy. And I, I love this, uh, you know, like, okay, turning this hardship into an opportunity for growth and advancement and deeper wisdom. And that is just the most amazing thing you can do. So, so just a quick uh, disclaimer, I didn't come up with this concept. The, the, the concept actually came from the creator or the founder of iPad Coaching. Uh, his name is Bruce Schneider. Mm -hmm. And so he's the founder of iPad Coaching, and I graduated from iPad Coaching. And that is the tool that we use for our clients to get them to see the opportunity or the option. It's really the options that we're, we're allowing people who had, um, you know, experiences trauma in the past to see, give them the tool and the language so that they can understand, I I, I have a choice, you know, just because something happened to me, I can still choose how I want to show up every single day. And, and one of the analogy I love to use with my client is that just imagine you're going into an elevator and there you are, you're, you have seven different buttons to choose from. And depending on which number that you pick, the door is going to open and you're going to have, you're going to see a different view, kind of like a matrix kind of movie, you know? <laughs> so, you press it, you press it, you go to the victim mind and things will be very different as if you were to open up a different door. If you choose five, which is opportunity, then it's going to open up for you and you're going to see the possibility of how to move forward and step forward. So um, I didn't invent the, the principle or the concept, but yeah, it, it's a great, really great, powerful tool. iPad coaching, um, the founder, Bruce Schneider created it. Mm, yeah. And it just, you know, this philosophy is kind of one based in kind of Eastern ideology of, you know, that karma and 
all of those things, right? And what's so I just, it's so interesting, this conversation, because just this morning I was reading about perception. And so I think it's so <laughs> serendipitous because I literally was reading and then about to start writing about that, where it is so much of how things turn out for us, because we all have bad things happen to us, right? That's just a part of life. But so much of it is based in choice and how we choose to see that thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny how perception, you know, really comes into play in terms of how we see things and how we behave and the way that we think. And, and there's another other, uh, underlying piece, which is personality, right? Because you, you and I have different personality. So when we use the, um, the uh, perception, or sometimes it's called attitudinal uh, assessment, uh, something that has to do with your attitude, when we pair that without personality, it just opens up the whole entire uh, door to how we can be just being, you know, human are being, how we can be in this world without attaching, having the need to attach label onto each other, without having to attach any judgments against ourselves or compare ourselves and thinking that we're not good enough. So it opens up the door to all these beautiful things and, and you can finally blossom. Mm, yes, yes, because <laughs> that's what we're doing. And um, yeah, that is amazing, Michelle. Now, you know, another thing I want to touch on that you, uh, number six, this co-creating, which I just, it talk to me from, you know, your own standpoint, kind of the power of us working together, coming together, connecting in this powerful way, like what that's like for you and why it's so powerful for us to be doing that. So the co-creation comes in because every single one of us are very different. Like you, Sue, you are very different and I'm very different. You know, we each bring in our awesomeness into the things that we do. You're a writer and I, I was a pharmacist. So I've been a pharmacist for the last 20 years. So I'm like, I have my OCD in the way that I want to do things. And you as a writer, you have your way of you want to do things. Now, the beauty of us coming together to co-create is that you and I will bring our best, our strength onto the table. You're really good with writing. I'm really good with organizing. And together, we can create something even better, right? So maybe we're creating a podcast, let's say, for example. And you're really good with writing. And I'm really good with organizing. So I can help organizing and planning ahead. I'm a huge planner addiction. I had, I'm going to admit that I have planner addiction. <laughs> I love to plan. I love to organize. So, you know, Every single one of us have different personality to bring onto the table. We had and underlying that personality, we have different gifts and talent, which was already given to us years before, right? So these are patterns that we see from traditionally, and Carl Jung actually talked about it, that this inherent human gift that had been passing down uh, on, in the unconscious world 
for years and years and years. And we start as human, when we were born, we were born into it. So each individual has specific talents and, and goals and, and mission of why we need to come together. So the society as a whole are meant to create something even more beautiful. And that's our mission together. Mm, yes, it is. And um, it truly is so powerful when two positive people come together and um, just have a beautiful conversation like this. You know? <laughs> it's really, it's so amazing just because it's all, you know, I'm an energy worker. That's one of the other things I do. And it really does just boil down to energy, right? Like when I'm excited or inspired, and then I'm talking to you and you're excited and positive and inspired and it's like, wow, we're just exciting each other, you know, and like bringing that, amplifying that love and power and positivity. Mm-hmm. The, the energy is contagious. Like right now, you and I are really pumped. We're talking about this and it's going to get one of the listeners to feel really pumped and they're, they're energized. And so they feel inspired. So they're going to go out there and talk to someone else who feel inspired, whom they can inspire. And, and it's just kind of like a... Uh, something that that's spread is contagious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, for those listeners who were getting excited, that's amazing. Cause that's why we're here. <laughs> so, I know they are. They're getting so excited right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just, it is all energy, Michelle, and you have such a great positive um, vibration and that's so beautiful. And I just love that. So um, thank you for the work you're doing and you're such a light in the world. Now, Let me ask you about the power, because this is something that people, we all struggle with, self-love. Talk to us about that. Why that is so important and so valuable. Oh my gosh. It's the the hardest and the longest lesson that I had to learn. And it was not an easy lesson to learn. Um, I think growing up, there's a lot of uh, limiting beliefs that we were brought up with. And, you know, there's standards, there's social boundaries uh, in terms of how women should be or what should you look like and wh- what what degree should you be getting from school? All these external uh, limitations that were pressing upon us, it was not something it was not something that was giving you to choose. It was more like, here you go, Take it and believe that this is your box and you're going to be growing inside this box. Um, So I think self-love is really important because until you find your own gold, a lot of times you're just going to follow what other people do. And, and, you know, we follow a pattern, we follow uh, different standards, but we lose that self-authenticity a lot. So the self-love comes in because in order to um, to serve and to do all these things, amazing things that we talked about, you have to find yourself first. And people will say, oh, I lost everything. No, you didn't. You didn't lose everything. At least you didn't lose yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So everything comes down to yourself. If you don't love yourself, how how is there anything else to give? And that's where I was, you know, I wasn't loving myself. So I didn't have anything else to offer. I didn't have anything to, to give. So self-love is important because you, you need to have a full ATM machine first before people can cash it out. 
right? So mm-hmm. if your ATM machine is not full, there is no cash for people to cash out. Mm. That's a really very practical analogy, but for people who struggle with that, it just, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, when your heart is full and that's one of those things that's when you're younger, it, you know, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. And you don't really understand that when, you know, when you just kind of blindly love someone, but it's like, but no, you really can't right. Until your heart is full, you can't give in a powerful way. You can't put that out there. So that's beautiful, Michelle. Now, you know, tell us uh, self talk. (laughs) Self talk. I feel feel like self love and self talk, they're they're kind of like going hand to hand together because self talk is where, you know, it's that it's in that voice that we hear a lot of times. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Most of the time it's more negative right? More, more negative um, than not. Um, so the self-talk is usually the voice that telling us, hey, maybe you're not, you're not smart enough because look at all these other people are, you know, creating their business, they're writing, they're writing amazingly. And so the self-talk comes in when we're critically judging ourselves because we're trying to match up to a standard uh, that imaginary standard or the standard that we believe that we need to strive and and live for. So the self-talk comes in usually in the form of I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not uh, slender enough. There's a lot of not enough. And so the way the way that I've been, uh, it's it's a battle. (laughs) I was constantly on the battlefield. battling with my self-talk. So what really helped me um, to address the self-talk was I started to keep a judgment journal. <laughs> I know it sounds so so mm. weird, right? People keep no, I love that. Yeah, people keep gratitude journal, but self- judgment journal, what is that? So basically, the, self, uh, the judgment journal involves you taking down a mental brain dump of all the things that you have said critically about yourself throughout the day. So if you notice that you are judging yourself or not good enough, you write it down in a journal and you come up with two different ways of saying and seeing that again. So let's say it's a new job or a new position that you're going into and suddenly you're like, well, I'm not good enough for this position. Well, that's stand back and look at how we can think of it again, right? So the number one first way is that you can think about it as, well, this is a new position. I have never, never done anything like this before. And I'm new to this. Of course, I'm learning, right? So instead of saying I'm not good enough, you start saying I'm new to this and I can learn. Mm. So that's one way of looking at it. And the other way that you can look at I'm not good enough is that, well, you know, this is a new process and I have no doubt if you give me more time, I just need to learn how to do the steps. I would, I would be able to do this in no time. So you start seeing more positive way of how you can say I'm not good enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's amazing. It's, Interesting. Cause yeah, we all hear about the gratitude journal, but I think, you know, writing everything, it, journaling just in general, right. You don't really realize the self-talk. I think it, I could see how it would be so powerful to write down those judgments 
because you see it in a different way then. Yeah, yeah. I I spent a lot of time um, when I was doing that healing process, I spent a lot of time just writing. And, and like you said, journaling is a great way to really have an outlet of your emotion. And sometimes we don't feel when, when we're vulnerable, we don't want to share with even our closest family member or someone, uh, a, a closest friend, but we feel comfortable in sharing in a journal because no, nobody needs to know. So I remember when I was going through that healing process, I started to do blogging and re- it really helped me in terms of now I'm doing marketing. It really helped me to understand the process of how do you write the blog and how do you push out it? How do you get seen? So it's interesting how a lot of life experience, even though at the time we saw it as negative and, and back in the old day, I would sit down in front of a computer and as I was writing, I would start crying. And that to me was a was a huge transformational healing process where I was, you know, blogging became my emotional outlet. I was just dumping out there into the world. I didn't care who see it. I just want an outlet to dump my things on somewhere. Oh, wow. And, and how powerful and transformative just to get it off your chest, you know? Yep. Wow. This has been amazing, Michelle. Now I am going to ask you in closing, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I think you're such a light and your story and the way you're moving this forward is so powerful and loving and you're just a light in the world. So thank you for what you're up to. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. You're awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle. That means so much to me. So in closing, what is the, let's have you leave us here with some wisdom guidance. What is your message that you want to share with the world? Courage. So I often leave my audience with a courage card. Today, I am giving you the permission to say yes to one thing that you've been scared to do. Maybe you were afraid to do. I'm giving you the courage card to say yes to it. So what is that one thing that you want to say yes to? And go for it. Ah, that is awesome. Oh my God, I love it. We're going to close with that. That was amazing. Michelle, thank you so much. Thank you.